What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Richer Geek. We are very happy to have Stuart Leo. Stuart has 15 years of corporate experience with a background in consulting, leadership, management, and strategy. He's an innovator and visionary. He's the founder and CEO of Waymaker.io. Waymaker is an intelligent business management platform that helps leaders build a better, better business in 30 days. Stuart, welcome. Mike, uh, a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, uh, a lot of our listeners are wanting to uh, start their own business or they have their own business. And there's a lot of different ways uh, to go about it. Mm. But there's not a lot of different ways of, well, I, I should say this, you know, we always harp on people to have mentors to go through platforms that help you um, make things easier. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of businesses fail because they get so bogged down because they're doing everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and nobody mm-hmm. knows how to do everything at a hundred percent. So I like the idea of waymaker.io helping us out. So give us a little bit of background on you first, and then we'll dig into Waymaker. That, that sounds great. Uh, well, as, as you said, um, founder, CEO of Waymaker.io. Uh, Waymaker is all about helping people get unstuck. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later and help them build a better business. And we're a platform that uh, ultimately um, uh, we're four things, really. We're a methodology. We're a way of, of making your way in business, which I'll talk to. Um, we're a software platform that powers that way, that diagnoses your business, gives you a bunch of data, um, helps you plan your strategic goals and align those goals across your team. Uh, we're a learning academy. We've got a, a digital academy sitting around Waymaker called Waymaker Academy. And we're a growing community of um, uh, business leaders and advisors around the world that are passionate about helping uh, business owners and their teams build better business. And um, so as a platform, we principally um, support two, two types of people. One, you could be a business coach or consultant that is looking for better tools to actually create that breakthrough with your clients. Well, that's, that's us. So we partner with coaches and consultants. 
or two, you're that business that is stuck going, oh, man, I just feel like I'm spinning my wheels or I've stalled and I don't know where to go next or I feel trapped inside this business, then Waymaker is designed to help you escape that stuckness, we call it, mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to find some traction and, and get moving. Now, how does a person know that they're stuck? <laughs> you know? I mean, what does that, because a lot of people, they're just so bogged down. I remember when I first started my business, I was too busy to know that I was stuck. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, yeah, that's a, it's a good question. And uh, we talk about three different types of stuck. And if you're listening, you might resonate with one, one or many of these. If, if you hit the jackpot and call bingo on all three, then you better hit the emergency <laughs> call button and, uh, uh, and reach out straight away. Um, the, the, you know, how do you know if you're stuck? Uh, it could feel like this. Um, one, uh, you could be feeling like you're super busy or your team is super busy and you're super busy, but you're, you don't feel like you're making any progress. Uh, you, you, it's, it's like there's five of you in the team, but there's 50 things to do and you're all working in 10 different directions. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, and we call that spinning your wheels. You just mm-hmm. imagine a car on the side of a mountain in the dirt or the snow and you're just spinning your wheels. You, you're super busy. There's lots going on. The engine's at high torque, but actually the, <laughs> the wheels are just spinning. And in fact, sometimes they're spinning and you, and it, and it feels like the whole car's just slipping down the hill. And, and so there's, there, you could be feeling this impending sense of doom. Mm. <laughs> that doesn't sound very positive, but uh, you could be feeling just, just frustrated with, uh, you know, why, why aren't we making more, more progress? Uh, another type of stuck is actually um, you might've had a little bit of early success and, You've got some runs on the board. You're powering through, um, but suddenly you've hit this roadblock. It's like you've hit a brick wall. Uh, you know, there's there's this something in front of you, and and you just can't get past it. You, you, you try try a new marketing tactic. You you hire a new person. You you try a new sales method. You you know you spend more money on Facebook or LinkedIn or something, and you know and you just can't seem to find that kind of breakthrough and, and and we call that type of stuck the stalled um you've had this early momentum and and something's happened um typically uh either the market has changed around you or you have changed internally and you've kind of scope drifted off the original problem you're solving or sometimes it's both but anyway and the third type of stuck is actually a quite a unique kind of stuck um and and that type of stuck we call trapped you, you actually have been fairly successful in your business you've built up maybe a six or seven figure business and and there's money coming in and you're doing well but the problem now is that the business is built around you mm-hmm. and you can't escape the business you can't go on holidays. You can't take a morning off to go and watch kids football game. You can't take wife partner out for a long weekend. You know, you're the one that's there working late at night while you're paying other people a whole bunch of money to do their job and they go home and they're enjoying the fruits and the benefits of the business. And you're the guy, or the girl sitting there going, hang on a minute. Aren't I the owner? Don't, don't, don't I own this thing? 
Uh, and, and that kind of stuck is a really painful stuck because you've made a fatal flaw along your journey where you've failed to build leaders around you and, and embed a leadership and management methodology in your business that actually releases you to become an even better version of yourself to move, move on to bigger, better things. And then to be released into the financial rewards to be a business owner, not a business manager. And, and that is a massive mindset shift. So we, we, we've designed our platform, uh, which we should maybe talk to more because I yes. think that's really helpful. Yes, for lots please. Of, lots of people. Um, well, let me just press in on that pain for a minute because I think a lot of people listening might be going, oh, that could be me. Um, and, and there's this, you know, a lot of people build a business for a job. Uh, I, I, I want to quit my job or I want to um, start a new thing. And so they go and buy a business or they start a business but they realize they've just created a busier job, sometimes at lower, sometimes at lower pay. Um, uh, and, and all they've built is a job. They've invested a lot of money to create a job. And, mm. and look, that's okay for a period of time. That's not a bad thing. It's a bad thing if at some point your goal is to build an asset and actually have a business and something that you can go, I can go away for two months, six months, and I can put people in charge. And this asset can actually be a growing asset where there's people who are, who are reinvesting and building and growing this thing that I own. And that's an owner's mindset. And an owner's mindset is very different to a, a manager's mindset. You know, one of the, back when I was doing direct coaching and consulting, one of the, one of the questions I'd often ask would, would be, are you building a practice or are you building a business? Um, what, what's the goal here? Mm-hmm. And, and both can be effective as long as you know what you're building. The problem comes when you think you're building a business, you build a business around yourself because you want that job and you feel like you need that job and you haven't flicked into that owner's mindset, which is a completely set of new set of metrics, approaches, um, styles, uh, and and that's really valuable because if you want to become uh, a successful business leader, you've got to become a business owner, not just a business doer. Fantastic. So a lot of great points there, and I, I completely agree. It wasn't until I flipped the switch and started to delegate hmm. and hire people in order to delegate. That's when I started having the freedom as an owner so that I had the freedom to build the business instead of churning on the side of the mountain, just trying to keep it as is. Now, how does Waymaker help that person that has one of those types of conflicts? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a really good question. And it comes back to the, the framework of the big idea sitting behind Waymaker which is something we call Waymaker's Leadership Curve. And anybody can get this, by the way. You can jump onto waymaker.io, go to the learn section, uh, scroll second or third option down will be Waymaker's Leadership Curve. And the the big idea is this. Uh, On that journey, you imagine a curve, bottom left to top right. No no rocket science here. (coughs) Excuse me. As you move 
from bottom left to top right in your in your business journey. Um, we want to get people from bottom left to top right, and we want to somehow help them um, do the right things at the right time along that way. That's that's you know, we're, and we're going to go as a business and as a leader, we're going to go through certain stages of growth um, on, on on the leadership curve, which those stages we talk about ideation, great, I've got an idea for a business, um, identity and market fit, okay, what role do we play within this market, what problem do we solve, do we have fit, to calibration, um, how are we building teams and skills and systems, to maturity, are we getting consistent returns, to market leadership and mastery, that's, that's and, and somewhere between maturity and mastery, uh, you're actually going to um, initiate a new new growth curve uh, into something new, like the classic S curve. There's, there's your stages. The problem comes is, okay, how do I know what to invest in and what to do at those different stages of business growth? Because those different stages of business growth require different postures and different contexts uh, for what you're doing. And so um, what we've done is we've stepped back and we've recognized that in order to build a business, you actually have to invest in two things. There's actually only two things you need to invest in. Um, now that sounds glib and it is a little bit, uh, it's quite high level. You need to invest in what we call skills. So, so people's competency, people. So first thing we've got to invest in is people. And the second thing we've got to invest in is systems, systems that make it easier for those people to do their job so that they can learn new skills to lift the business and then they can learn and put in place new systems to lift the business that there's people with those skills and maybe those people are growing by this stage in number are learning new skills. And can you see how the business grows? Investment in skills, investment in systems. And, um, and, and so if we, if we know we've got to invest in skills and systems along that growth journey, well, what skills and what systems at what point on the journey are the most valuable and are the most pressing to, to gain maturity and competency in, in order to grow your business? Is this kind of making sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, we designed a, a data model um, that uh, when you look at a business, and let's break it up into... Um, six parts um, to start with Um, uh, clarity and maturity of vision, clarity and maturity of market and ideal customer clarity and maturity of strategy and positioning and growth and clarity and maturity of your business model, your key metrics and your value proposition clarity and maturity of your customer acquisition, retention and growth, the experience through sales and marketing service and clarity and maturity of the employee experience, the talent journey. How do we acquire, retain employees? Um, our view is that that's if you break the business up into those areas, um, you need to work out uh, which skills and which systems in which of those areas are the most important to invest in at what point of the business growth journey. (laughs) Are you getting the size of the problem now? Mm. Um, And you help everyone with that, those different, you know, it's like, I don't know which one I need. I don't know which one. So we stumbled across this amazing story that came out of the British military, actually, uh, about 10 or, 10 or 15 years ago when I first started working on this kind of problem. And, and let me tell you that story because, and then I'm going to link it back to 
you know, which skills and which systems uh, to, to invest in. Um, when the British military were, were, were moving from the 20th century to the 21st century, so late 80s, early 90s, um, they were recognising that the world was changing, that uh, the world of warfare was changing, and it was no longer traditional. It was very agile. It was very adaptive, uh, different kind of enemy, um, although that's, that's probably changed lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, and, and so the way you developed your battle plans and your strategic decision-making on the ground had to change. That there was, there'd been a hundred years of fairly traditional warfare. Um, and, and so in the late 80s, early 90s, strategic decision-making on the battlefield, i.e. answering the question, what's the most valuable course of action to reach mission objective, was quite cumbersome and clunky and time-consuming to develop that battle plan. That, that was their problem. They obviously needed to fix that problem. They needed a faster, better way of developing strategic battle plans to reach mission objective. That's a good thing. Is that making sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so the way they solved that problem was quite Socratic in method. Uh, do you know what I mean when I say that? It's, 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 it's use art, using a question and answer methodology. Um, and so they developed a small number of questions that if the leader of that, that team on the battlefield asked and answered these questions with his, his or her team, they would always develop the highest value course of action to reach mission objective. And they developed this thing they call uh, the British military's seven questions. So if you're on the battlefield, you want to develop a battle plan, ask and answer these seven questions. And it was amazingly transformative. It, it took a stuffy, hierarchical, um, traditional fighting force into an agile, adaptive, decentralized, leadership-driven 21st century fighting force. And, and, and I remember reading this story about the British military going, that's amazing. That's How cool is this? I remember coming out of corporate life recently at the time and experiencing, you know, the, the, the best and the worst of corporate life, the worst being the bureaucracy and the politics. And, you know, you want to change one thing and you've got to go through six subcommittees and it takes two quarters. And, and I remember thinking, wow, if the British military can develop a small number of questions to develop the highest value course of action to reach mission objective on the battlefield, why can't a business? Uh, why can't a business do that? Uh, and so I started... I started becoming a military nut. I'm not a military guy. Uh, take my hat off to anybody that served. Honor them. It's wonderful. I have family members that do. Um, but I just started reading, going, how do they do this? How, what do they do? I probably ended up on some FBI watch list at some point for you know, <laughs> getting into too many military chat rooms and trying to download stuff. Um, but I was just on this passionate search to figure out how they did strategic decision-making. And, and then the net net was this. Um, when you looked at what the military did around those seven questions, it was designed to blow something up. It was designed to go and take out an enemy, uh, defeat the enemy and you know, win that territory. Um, uh, in business, our objectives are slightly different. We want to build things up. We, want to, we, we, we don't necessarily want to blow our enemies away. Um, Literally, we might want to do it figuratively. Um, uh, but, you know, we're so the questions didn't really, it wasn't just as easy as picking up those seven questions and, and taking them into the business world. It just didn't work. 
So that started this journey of going, well, what if, what if you could develop a small number of questions that if asked and answered, developed and identified the highest value course of action for your business? And so that became a personal mission. I'm going to write, I'm going to write a set of questions that do that. Uh, and, you know, there, there are key things to achieve. You've, you've got to maintain situational awareness, what's going on around the business, what's going on inside the business. You've got to, you've got to be agile and adaptive. Uh, it's, got to, it's got to be quick. Um, you've got to be able to do this, kind of like the military hunkered behind some Humvees in the desert taking fire, develop a battle plan. Or you've got to be able to do it back at head office, HQ, over two, three, four days, developing something quite strategic and complex. So it's got to be quite malleable. You know, it's got to be powerful. So this really started this journey. And, and, and it was about that same time we were working on this diagnostic tool and the two came together. And, and, and over, a sounds crazy, but over the course of about six or seven years, uh, we developed this small number of questions which for about five years was doing everything possible to not make it seven questions. We just didn't want to be too like the military. In the end, it, it was seven questions. Um, and so the methodology uh, of Waymaker's Leadership Curves is, is, is effectively this. Every quarter, come together and ask and answer seven questions. Uh, if, when you answer those seven questions, um, do question seven because question seven uh, it literally says this, um, what are the one, two or three things, not 20 things, just the one, two or three things that if delivered, i.e. done, delivered, working in your business in the next quarter or half, shift the needle on the organisation. Uh, and, and that question is, is the question of prioritisation and action. But the six questions leading before that actually take you around those six areas of the business. Um, vision, market, strategy, business model, customer experience, employee experience. And the diagnostic tool we've built actually surfaces all the maturity and clarity and growth gaps in those six areas, um, identifying the skills and the systems, the best practice skills and systems in market, the best practice skills and systems in marketing, in sales, in business model. And those skills and systems in our data model are connected to those growth stages of the business. And so by the time you're sitting down as a leadership team asking and answering this strategic methodology, the seven questions, you're looking at your software, which is showing you, oh gosh, we actually, we're in the early calibration phase um, coming out of market fit. And you know what? Uh, in sales, for example, one of the leadership curves uh, it's showing that we're weak on customer journey, weak on our sales persona, um, and weak on our CRM. Okay, uh, for this stage of growth, we should actually be building strong maturity in those areas. What have we got to do about that? Is this starting to make sense? Mm -hmm. uh, sure. And so in what we realized was that, um, you know, as you started to practice this methodology, ask and answer the seven questions, mm -hmm use the diagnostic tool to surface the growth gaps, uh, you could very quickly, i.e. in a matter of minutes, identify the gaps um, and the weaknesses and the strengths in your business. And you could identify the skills and the systems in the most valuable areas that, if improved, generate the most value. 
And so you could start building some goals around that. And so that's how we help people. It's a, that's a, it's a complex answer, but it's, it's kind of like the military. It's a combination of data in your hands and a strategic language in the other hand. And together with your team, you can actually build a strength and a competency in identifying the risks and the roadblocks, building goals to overcome challenges, aligning to those goals as you go out and execute uh, and rinse and repeat. And, and just like the military, what you build in yourself and in your team is this uh, wonderful strategic language of um, clarity, alignment, focus, and performance management. And those are the core disciplines of growth. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, now, within your software, mm. <clears throat> what are the different key metrics that people are looking at um, are they inputting things? Is it almost like a CRM? Is they're inputting uh, all this data, or yeah. how's it working? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, see, one of the one of the really valuable things about software is the software isn't going to tell you a specific metric. It's not going to say, "Hey, your lead to sale conversion ratio is out," or your uh, you know, whatever metric. What it's going to surface is that your team will say, we don't have clarity of the right key metrics. And if we did, it's going to improve our business. Mm-hmm. It's going to take it back to first principles. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which means that the coach or the consultant or the team leader sitting around is going to go, okay, we don't have clarity about our key metrics. Okay, what is our North Star metric? What metrics matter? Which ones should we be tracking? And so it forces you to come back and go, okay, because it will be different for every business. So we, we force every business to ask the first principle question, to catalyze the conversation around the things that matter most, and then to think. Uh, you know, the most important thing we can help leaders do is to think well together. And so we, we catalyze that issue. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's over to you. Uh, you should be building your goals, your key metrics around those things. That makes more sense. Uh, how much of Waymaker is basically like the uh, the consultancy um, aspect of helping them? You know, almost being a mentor, a, a coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you could, in a sense, um, pick up Waymaker and use it on your own. When we were first building Waymaker, you know, when we we're in that ideation stage, we wondered, gosh, is this a is this a coach or consultant killer? Yeah. Are we going to knock out all the coaches and consultants in the world and, and, and just have this kind of little AI tool that's now running your business? And, and we really thought that's where we were going. Um, and we realized that actually, no, that's not right. Um, uh, and we specifically, and we learned this, um, we learned the value of a three-way relationship, um, business to business coach and consultant, and business coaching consultant to a system of intelligence. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful three-way relationship mm-hmm. um, because the coach or the consultant who's really their advisor is performing a very important task of, of catalyzing those questions and guiding and bringing some expert knowledge into that local situation. But the software platform 
is making it much easier for all parties to work together, much easier to get the right data up on screen and much easier to track where you're going and what you're doing. And so we're very clear about the problem we solve. We make it a lot easier for a business to diagnose themselves and for a coach or consultant to work Mm -hmm. with them. And so we realize the power of that three-way relationship and taking out the coach or consultant actually reduces the effectiveness of the business's ability to think well because they need that external coaching it's a skill you know we believe in the investment of both skills and systems and we realize that if we blew up the primary skill we'd actually be going against our own philosophy and it would make a worse situation so that's when we went okay let's make it easier for coaches and consultants and businesses to work together yeah and and that's that's where we focus and how do the companies know, is there like a roadmap? It's like, oh, we've identified this and we need this. Now this is the next step. Yeah. So within the software tool, there's uh, there's eight or nine um, leadership curves and each leadership curve um, deals with one of those specific areas of your business. It could mm-hmm. be sales, it could be marketing, it could be service. And through our research and development, we've, we've mapped out on each curve, there'll be 20 to 30 skills and systems, best practice skills and systems, that if you're a mature organization, you will have maturity in, in at least 80% of those things. That's, so so it's, it's, like, it's like saying, okay, I want to be a professional footballer. Okay, so you've got to, you've got to have professional football level competency in catching the ball and kicking the ball. Um, in running, in mm-hmm. fitness, in health, in nutrition, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's not just one thing that makes you great. Um, and so each of those leadership curves kind of plot out a maturity pathway for each of those disciplines. Um, and so as a business, uh, one of the things that's quite challenging often is, well, um, which area of my business should I really be focusing on? Should it be on the employee experience or should it be on sales or should it be on vision and problem solving, you know, and and that's actually where a lot of business owners struggle because they try and do all of those things at once. I've got to work on all of those things at once. And the reality is this, if you do, you will fail. You actually have to work on one or two things at once. Uh, and, And you've got to accept imperfections elsewhere and just focus on the most valuable and so one of the things our software tells you is, okay, of those six areas, what's the most valuable thing you can be working on right now? And that changes quarter by quarter because the marketplace changes, the business changes. You know, if you build and invest in great skills in, in your sales system, uh, sales and marketing, say, for the next three quarters, you will have put to the back burner potentially your employee experience and your business model and so by the three quarters later, it'll be like, actually, a, you know what? The most valuable things we could be working on now is our employee onboarding and our employee experience. Okay, let's shift focus there. So it teaches you to, to build leaders and to build skills and systems in those core areas. And if you do that well, you're actually in the process of building leaders, you're extracting yourself out because you're investing in new skills and new systems for your team. Uh, which de-risks you from those problems uh, that we talked about earlier in the program. Does that yeah, kind of help? It, it does. And so it does, it actually will diagnose gaps. Mm-hmm. And then once they diagnose gaps, then you know, it'll give you goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it sounds like it's, 
it, it's it's we it's an easier way to accomplish success. Yeah, we we realized early on that most businesses actually don't have a command center, uh, a place where um, you actually work on running the business. Uh, Many businesses have dashboards and they have uh, a boardroom or a meeting room, but they don't have a command center. How much time have we got on the podcast? Have you got time for one one more story? One more story, yeah. One more story. One more story. Um, A quick one. Um, And it's it's another military story, but we learn a lot from the military. And this time it's from from you guys, the United States. All right. Um, And... uh, and, and the power of the, a good command center is phenomenal. And, and the United States learned this lesson and taught the world this lesson. Uh, and, and if you go back to the 1960s, um, uh, the, 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 the situation was actually quite dire where, remember the Cuban Missile Crisis? Sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, not, uh, not late 1950s, early 1960s, John F. Kennedy is, uh, is president. Um, Russia's got a whole bunch of missiles lined up in Cuba at, at, at uh, well, at where you live, um, uh, and, and Florida and, and southern US. Uh, and that's a problem. That's a serious problem. So cut a long story short, uh, the United States decided to um, invade and unsettle Cuba. And, and we had what was called the Bay of Pigs invasion. Yep. If you remember, it was a bit of an unmitigated disaster. Uh, you know, the, the greatest fighting force in the world got their butts handed to them by a second, third world rate uh, guerrilla force. You know, that's, that's not good. Um, so as uh, president should, uh, why? What went wrong here? And, and so an investigation was, was ordered, an inquiry, and, and it found these three things. One, um, the different branches of the military were not collaborating and working together. Uh, the CIA wasn't talking to the Navy. The Marines weren't talking to the CIA. Uh, none of that objective information was getting up to the commander-in-chief. And two, um, information wasn't getting to the commander-in-chief for decisions in a timely and effective manner. And the information that did get there was inaccurate. So by the time instructions were being issued out, they were ineffective. It, it was, And so John F. Kennedy actually said, right, we have a, we have a command centre problem. And he did something amazing. Uh, he issued uh, the, the instructions and commissioned uh, a bunker to be built under the West Wing of the White House. And he built what we all know today as the White House Situation Room. Uh, it's actually called the JFK Conference Room, the John F. Kennedy Conference Room. Uh, and he instituted a command center. Here is a 350-year-old nation, one of the greatest nations on earth, without a command centre was the findings of that result. Does that that make sense? Mm. Um, But he did something fascinating. He said it's not about a room. The room is a place where we'll be, but it's actually about a methodology. And he instituted uh, a policy through Congress that that ensured that an apolitical, so a non-biased representative of every branch of government would sit in this command centre and they would be responsible for bringing objective, unbiased information to the table so that the Joint Chiefs Cabinet and the Commander-in-Chief can make effective decisions in a timely manner 
and issue out commands and goals for whatever department is required to execute and move the nation forward. You're kind of getting the drift here. Mm -hmm. And ever since the early 1960s, the United States have run every domestic and international strategic operation from that situation room. You know, with the world watched, got a glimpse into this room when Obama and 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 mm-hmm. uh, and SEAL Team Six took down Osama. That was that was run from the JFK conference room. Uh, and so here's here's the big idea: most businesses have a boardroom, they have a set of dashboards, but they don't have a command center. They don't have a place where objective information from all areas of their business comes in in an effective and timely manner, and they don't have a methodology that can process that information and develop strategic goals and issue out those goals for their team to execute. And and so we thought, wow, what if you could build one? Well, if you're going to build a command center in the 21st century, it's actually got to be in the cloud. So so that's what Waymaker really is. Uh, And that's kind of a long build-up to kind of land on sort of the big idea. No, Uh, it's it's great. It's great. Uh, You know, and it sounds like it's something it's it's needed. Uh, You know, everybody... Uh, you know, we have to wrap up now, but uh, Stuart, it's been wonderful. Everybody, it's waymaker.io. Uh, Stuart, how, what are some of the other ways that people can get a hold of you? LinkedIn's the best place to get me. Search Stuart Leo Waymaker. Uh, you'll find me. Connect with me. I'll, I'll accept. I, I think I just accept everybody. If you <laughs> chat with me, I'll chat you back. Um, LinkedIn's the place to get me. Okay. Um, if, if you want to jump onto the platform, waymaker.io, if you're a coach or a consultant, check out our partner program so that we can support you and you can use our tools. If you're a business, jump on, take a free trial, use the diagnostic, um, you know, get a sense of it, uh, and then look for a coach or a consultant in your area. Uh, you know, we've, we've now got partners all around the world. We'd love to connect you one with one and, uh, and help you grow your business. Perfect. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Have a wonderful evening. Mike, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Richer Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichergeek.com slash podcast and don't forget to jump over to apple Podcasts, google play stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes i appreciate you and thanks for listening